Is this, is this on? Yes, my lord. Good, good. <clears throat> Hello, this is God speaking. Can we dial that down? Yes, my lord. Thanks. Welcome, new arrival to the Eternity Ward. Please take a number and make your way down to the left or the right to the waiting room. All you need is there the refreshments I made just for you. <laughs> I would tell you to steer clear of the apples, they're forbidden, um, and the two snakes. <clears throat> I mean, fools, sorry, that are chewing the fat in the corner, but you probably wouldn't listen anyway. So good luck, I bless you, and on your way. Welcome to the Eternity War, where we flick through old copies of Reader's Digest and chat with our buddies while we wait for an appointment with God. I'm Chris. I'm Nick McKinnon. Oh, Adams. Chris Adams. That's my name. <laughs> now I'm doing it. You got me doing it. Yeah, I, I made a mental note of including my surname there. So anyway, this week we have someone else joining us. We have a guest. As you were just saying a second ago, God has sent his servant to slap us around a bit to rebuke us. We made an error of judgment a couple of weeks ago, Chris. <laughs> we recorded an episode called The Shit That We Wish Christians Would Stop Saying. And uh, my mate, Eddie, he listened to the episode and I think he enjoyed it. He said he laughed a lot through it. So I don't know whether that was, <laughs> he might've been laughing at us or, yeah. but he said he wanted to come on and challenge us a little bit about some of the things that we said. And I'm like, yes, yes, we offer people a right of reply. This is exactly what we've wanted. Yeah. This is the whole reason we do this podcast. So, Eddie, I love you already. Oh, thanks, Eddie. So, hey. this is Eddie. Hello. Hey, how are you, Nick? Yeah, I'm, I'm good, Eddie. <laughs> I'm good, mate. I'm uh, jealous, actually. I'm jealous. Uh, why are you jealous, Nick? Uh, no one else can see this, but Eddie has fantastic hair. Indeed, indeed. Well, if you say so, thanks, Nick. So, Eddie is a, is a friend of mine. His name, can we use your full name? Indeed. So, indeed. well, actually, I don't even know. Eddie's there short, go. isn't it? Is it Edison? Eddie's actually Eddie because it's Edward, but it's Edward, I never right. say Edward. But my name is actually Godwin Eddie Bognett. Godwin? Yes, that's my name. See, he really is a servant. <laughs> wow, hey. Godwin. Yeah. Godwins. And Eddie is he's born in Nigeria. Married to is correct. a lovely Aussie girl. Yep. Uh, he's a youth worker. He's also a hip hop artist or rapper. Which which one is it? Hip hop yeah. or rapping? Um, I do rap. I'm trying to work out if I just do hip hop or I'm actually just a musician, really. So you know, I do music. I think a good way to start the show would be if you two had a rap battle. <laughs> uh oh. Go, Chris. I'm not sure. I think uh, there has been an outstanding uh, rivalry here between I and Chris. And yep. I have always, uh, as you can see, I don't have a hat on because I've always took my hat off to Chris. So, you know. I've yeah. seen Eddie actually do rap battles, by the way, because he works within schools and sometimes they'll do a like a lunchtime program where they'll do a rap battle with all of the kids. And Eddie leads from the front with a microphone and gets everyone involved. And they, and they love him. Indeed, indeed. And indeed. and I'm not going to take him on in a rap battle because <laughs> he will clean the floor with me. Uh, you know. Your rapper, hip-hop musician name is Stain. Indeed, indeed. My name's called Stain. Um, sometimes my friends even go the extra bit to say Master Stain, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll do that too. So, no, no. So, see what he just did then, Chris. He said, My friends oh. would have said Master oh. Stain, but you know, Chris, who isn't really my friend. Oh. Yeah, good, well, Eddie. I like this. I thought he said he's he's gonna join in the wagon as well. You know, he's gonna begin to say that, you know, so he can. Yeah. He can. So, Eddie is your Christian, correct? Indeed. Very true. I actually came here from church. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, and I'm still stained. Why do you? What's, yes. What, why master stain? Yes, master stain. It's funny, isn't it? Where, where does that come from? My friends say master stain because it's easier to say and it's nicer to say. But the thing about stain is it's always easier. You know, you, we we are boys here, so it's easier for me to talk about than it is when uh, ladies ask me. You know, they're like, "Oh, what's your name?" I'm like, "Stain," and they're like, "Yeah." I'm like, yeah, stain. Stain? I'm like, yeah, stain. <laughs> and so there's this awkward pause and silence. And uh, yes. And then I go on to say, oh, calm down. You know, it's not what you think. So when I say stain, I was, I was saying growing up, of course, we all watch movies. And uh, I was watching one of those. Uh, I'm sure. I'm, I don't know if Nick would like this movie. Have you watched one of those gruesome uh, Jesus is Nazareth movies where he died and, you know, he was flogged. Like Passion of the Christ. There you go. Yeah. 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 I've seen that one. There you go. So uh, this one I was watching particularly had, you know, him flogged and hanged on the cross. And there was this uh, scene where he was about to die and the guy pierced through his diaphragm and there was a bit of blood gushing out through the wind. And just one of it dropped into the stream of the water and it flowed in and it was kind of like... Uh, symbolizing that drop was enough to cleanse, you know, cleanse the whole city and stuff. And to, it just spoke to me. I thought, you know what? Sometimes I, with, the, with the way I grew, I'm very thorough person. I think I have to do everything for things to happen or to change. And then I realized, oh, maybe not. Maybe the little I could do would make a difference. It might just, just a, the one drop. There you go. Just the one drop enough to stain something would make a difference. So mm-hmm. that was that was the flip side of my life of pain and struggle. You know, that's that's a bit messy as well. So it's kind of like I have a stained up life already, but that drop is enough to clean it. Yeah. Stain it clean, you know, whatever whatever you say. So So you are the blood of Christ. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a, that's a bit of a leap from <laughs> But you know, that's the metaphor. Yes, yes, as the metaphor, a bit of a stain, yeah. I like it. Cool. So, anyway, you listened to our podcast. Very correct. And I wasn't joking when I said I loved it and I laughed. The funny thing was I had headphones on because we had a TV and I just let my wife watch the TV and I just had headphones on. And I kept giggling to the point she said, like, what are you, what's happening? And I'm like, oh, I'm just listening to this podcast, Chris. Now I know it's Nick put together and you know it was it was it was outstandingly funny and genuinely in- engaging as well and then you contacted me and said i'd like to come on and talk about some of the things you indeed spoke about. indeed uh you know i thought I, I thought it was fun and i was agreeing with most of the things you guys were saying but then i realized well i wasn't necessarily having the first reaction you guys would predict like someone will have if that makes sense you know like my path of thought was a bit different like I'll join you, I'll join your part of thought, but my part of thought. And I thought maybe it's not a chastising, you know, God hasn't said <laughs> it's not doomsday. It's more, uh, how can I paint the picture of what 
people, what frame of mind those people that will be saying that will be, if that makes sense. So, you know, why would someone say what they say? I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I have one or two cents worth to share about what people might be thinking when they say that. So I thought, well, Chris, what's happening? What's up? So Chris like, okay, okay, all right. And I'm here. Come on. (laughs) When when you're saying that you want to think about how people might approach it differently or is this anything to do with a a cultural context? Because you grew up in Nigeria. Very true. Um, So there's a... You know, a different cultural context. And I sometimes think about, you know, like it's easy for us because, you know, Nick and I are both agnostics, really. He's the one that falls on the side of not believing. I'm the one that falls on the side of believing. believing. But, yeah, it's but, um, but it's, I guess it's sort of easy in a Western culture where we have everything and we're pretty comfy to, in a way, do without God. But I sometimes think about what if you're in a different culture? What if... What if God's all you've got? That is very true. You know, so is it anything like that or that is it is, more? Than- that is. It's, you know what's funny? Actually, I have a feeling uh, I was almost born into Christianity. You know why I said I was almost? Well, I would have thought you were with a name like Godwin. There you go. It's funny, isn't it? <laughs> You'd have thought I was. Uh, but I could remember as a little kid actually going to a witch doctor's Palace. Right. Yeah. Yeah, look at Nick's face. <laughs> yeah, Nick's eyes are bulging. Like, yeah. Okay. Not yeah. just to see a witch doctor, but a witch doctor's palace. Yes. Right. You know, his shrine and stuff. So my grandpa is actually a witch doctor himself. So Bognet, the, the word Bognet means the doctor of the people. And I assure you then, the doctors are the people. <laughs> <laughs> the doctors are the people where nothing like uh, the doctors we have now. So you're Godwin witch doctor. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. What a contradiction, isn't it? God with which doctor. <laughs> so, so I was saying, you know, and I, I could remember going there and the dude asked me some funny questions. You know, he's, he kind of was trying to walk through my symptoms, you know, and he was like, are you feeling this way? And I'll shake my head in agreement. And he'd touch me. He'd throw his dice on the mat and he'd say, oh, I see this path. Is this correct? And you know what? I was looking at him thinking, uh, I'm not really sure I agree with what you're saying, but you're making me feel like I should say yes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of grew up with that mentality, but, but somewhere along the line, I realized that, oh, mom went to church. Like, it's, this is different. So I go to Sunday school and, you know, that was how I grew up. So I was almost born into church, sir, but I am sure I have uh, had a little visit to the other side myself. Did you just call Chris, sir? <laughs> He does that a lot. I Get out of here, Chris. <laughs> I think it, I think that's a cultural thing as well. And I, it's a cultural thing that that, there you go. that makes me feel awkward and I probably shouldn't. But I, I get from Eddie. Yes. Uh, I get sir a lot. Yes. From like like the Pakistani guys working at the shop near me, I get boss. They yes. call it, hey, boss. Yeah. You know, I'm going, oh, that's a little bit slave mastery sort of thing. I don't yeah. really like it. I'm not really – we're equals, man. But in one sense, it's just the other person's way of saying mate. That, yeah. You know, so I'm yeah. like going, should I yeah. feel awkward or not? You yeah. know? So, yeah. so, so does stop, that mean – Stop it. Don't call me sir. <laughs> yeah. Does that mean so, what? Does that mean that we should call you sir? Well, if that's how you say it, it's just how I talk. Like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's funny, isn't it? It's just how I talk. I, I will call you sir too. I'll, you know, I'll say Nick and I'll say yes, sir Nick. You, you'd <laughs> notice that I always call people 
I have a sir before their name, so I'll say Sir Chris, Sir Nick, you know, so I'll yeah. say yes, but, sir. But in your head, is it a sign of respect or is it a, hey, mate? It is both. Right, okay. It, it's kind of both. It's uh, giving reverence to the mateship that we have, you know. Okay. it's Sir Nick, <laughs> Nick is like it. I like it, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I, I'm glad you like it. Anyway, we're way off track already. <laughs> we haven't even started yet. Ah, no, yes. we haven't really. So... I think one of the things that we talked about that you said you wanted to start with was we had talked about evolution that and, is and, correct. and science and yes. stuff like that. Yeah. What was your issue with yeah. what we had you to know, say? You the, know, the exciting thing, I, I, I like this. I had a question for Nick, mm-hmm. funny yeah. enough. I, I, I'm keeping Chris's question. Chris's questions are coming too. <laughs> and I had a question for Nick. I was My question was, you know how you talked about uh, the thing about evolution, the fact that some people just say, you know, if evolution is real, where are all the in-between people that are partly human and partly apes? And I felt like I used to be one of those kind of person that asked that question. And I felt like it was still a legitimate question because have science answered that question or has does science have proof that people have actually evolved like a complete evolution into a change of species, if that makes sense. I don't know. That was kind of the question I wanted to start with. Yeah, yeah. I'm by no stretch of the imagination an evolutionary biologist. Mm. Um, It would be a minority, but I think there are some Christian biologists who don't think that's proven. But I think, like sort of like with climate change, the vast majority of evolutionary biologists would say there is very solid evidence to say that species change happens. And I, I think the big issue with evolution and religion is the time scale. Like if you believe the earth was created 6,000 years ago or 10,000 years ago, then yeah, there's no way near enough time for evolution yes. to have happened. Yep. But if you are on board with the idea that the universe is 13 billion years old, then there's plenty of time for change to have happened between Indeed. species. Why I had the question was, I try not to be a nerd myself, but I've kind of followed, I I went to the uh, making the point of buying the latest Planet Earth movie. I don't know if, if you've seen the documentary by DeGrasse Tyson, the newest one. Oh, by Neil DeGrasse Tyson. Yeah, there's this new documentary they've done about how the Earth has evolved. And yeah. and he was talking about how... So every time... So, I, you know, I agreed with most of the things he said. In terms of my understanding where, you know, where I followed the agreement of the argument to was... The fact that I agree that we've had some sophisticated changes, whether it is in the bone structure uh, of the face, of the arm, adaptation to survival and things like that. You know, these are evolutionary signs. Even fish, we've seen that in fish. You know, they've mentioned that in species. So I agree to that point. But I still haven't seen a proof that it has been a complete evolution, if that makes sense, like an evolving into something else. Does it make sense? Because yeah. in this documentary, every time he says he talks about, let's talk about how things have evolved, he has this line. Now let's jump into the ship of our minds. That's why he always says. So to me, my understanding of it was, well, there's still no proof that, you know, there has been a complete evolution that, you know, it's still a prediction. Yeah. Does it make sense? Still sort yeah, of it does. Theory. theory, yeah, still a prediction. So you're totally on board with the idea of adaptation within species that yep. like obviously you and I have different colored skin. That's pretty obvious uh, yeah. <laughs> sign of, yeah. of adaptation. But the idea yep. of changing from one species to another, yep. you haven't seen proof of. Yes. Yep. yep. I agree with that. I don't think they have got complete evidence of 
Firstly, like like I said before, I don't think I'm an expert, but from what yeah. I've read about it, yeah. evolution obviously takes place over a long period of time, but the changes along the way can happen quite rapidly. Yeah. Bill Nye talked about in one of his books about the way evolution can happen quite quickly in that... So evolution is the same as adaptation, basically, but on a Indeed. on a longer time scale. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's just the adaptation to the environment around you. And so the animals that are better adapted to that environment survive, and the ones that aren't adapted to it don't survive. Yeah. So Bill Knight talked about how, like, if you've got fish that are in a creek, yeah. and then if over the course of a number of summers the stream starts drying up. Yep. Then you'll get some fish that are capable of getting between streams. Yep. They will survive, and the ones yep. that can't won't yep. survive. Yep. And so, over the course of a fairly large period of time, you'll get ones that are able to do that, and then that are able to adapt to new environments. And yeah, I don't exactly know how it works. And yes, look, I'm, yes, I'm sure I sound like I have no idea what I'm talking about because <laughs> that's pretty yeah. accurate. Why I ask that question is because, like, I respect science. I, you know, I respect science yeah. and I respect how far science has come, right? But then I feel like, well, why, why I'm having an issue is because I'm trying to work out if I want to give them all of the credit. Does it make sense? That, that was why I started with the question of evolution. I want to work out if I wanted to give them all of the credit or I wanted to actually say, look, if we look at this closer, it actually shows design, it's okay for things to be similar. You know, when you design stuff, you, you can design things to be similar if you wanted to, uh, or you can design them to be very different. So I was, in my head, I was trying to work out if actually it actually shows design and confirms that there is a designer even. So you say you respect science, but, mm. but then I'm going, well, if we respect scientists, then, you know, like 98% of them are on board like it is with climate change. You mm. know, if we're going to trust them that this is something that has happened and you're sh you're not sure if you want to give them all of the credit, mm. uh, you're saying maybe there's more to it than what science can describe or something? Is Very true. I'm I'm saying, you know, this is where I feel God comes in. You know, that's why I'm saying there's maybe a creator I was being careful to use the word God because for some people that raises <laughs> that raises a different question, right? That was why I was saying it shows design. Like the point of it was in the continuation of my scientific journey and discovery, I went to this seminar in the city of uh, this modern scientist dude, which is pretty well known in the Christian world. And, you know, they were giving their reasoning defense of why they think, you know, God is out there. And he says more recently in research that they've done, the more further we can see beyond space, this is beyond space, you know, we're talking about galaxy, the more further we can see, uh, the more we can see the handprint of design. He kind of said it in the scientific way was entropy. He called it entropy. He says in a layman's term, he was saying that the more we look outside and further into the vast of deep space, the more we can see intentionality. Which to me then confirms, which was his argument to confirming that, you know, it's showing signs of design, you know. Is he telling you what you want to hear? And, and so you're more inclined to trust there him. There you go. There, there you go. I wouldn't see it as he was telling me what I wanted to hear. It was that he was confirming the fact. He's a scientist. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and many, many scientists that is very true. have been Christian throughout history. And very still true. Are. Uh, in some ways, probably it's true that he's confirming what I already want to hear. Yeah. You know, that that is showing more or the but I have also heard, as I was saying, um even 
the grass ties in himself, right? So this is this was one of the explanation he made. So he's not a Christian. I want to take his argument now. He's not a Christian. So he says, we used to say, uh, how big is the universe? How big do we how big should we say the universe is? So he says, well, okay, let's assume, you know, uh it's as big and big as the stars that we see. Then it's bigger than the stars that we see. We have the galaxies that we see, right? Then it's bigger than the galaxy. So he was saying that however big we think the how big can we say the world is? Like how big can we say this reality is? Because it gets to a point where it stops. So it, does it get to a point where it stops? And then what is after that? Does, is, is what I'm saying making sense at all, Nick? So if how big is this, if it's a bulb, you know, the, you know, the universe, the galaxies, how big does it go? And then what is after that? Mm. And even, even after what is after that, then what is after that space? Uh, you know, then he, I think his way of go, going through that was, he, he's like, that is where interdimension come in, you know? So our dimension is is as big as this bulb. Once you break past that, uh, once you break past that bulb, you enter another dimension. And once you break past that dimension, there is then, you know, how many other dimensions can you say? So for me as well, that then also was confirming the fact that, of course, it shows design. It's like a complexity in a system of design. So even even he was confirming that for me, wasn't it? So I'm I'm on board with everything you said then until you got to the point of saying that then that points to design. So yes, there is stuff in science that we don't understand. So we don't know, like like you're right, like what is there after the furthest reaches of our universe? We have no idea. Yep. Could there be God at the extent of that? There could be, yeah. But do we have proof of that? No, we don't. Um, if there was proof, that'd be awesome. I don't know how you get to the, that points to design just because we don't know what it is. To me, okay, yes. I, I'm glad you said that. that. This is great. This is great. Okay, this is, this is how I got there. Funny you said that because I also said this. You know how science as well says, this is, this is the law of motion. Science says that uh, for every action, there is almost an equal or opposite reaction, right? Mm-hmm. So and then I, I thought through it. I thought through it. I'm like, okay, for every action, there's an equal or opposite reaction. Then the thing is there has to be an action. Yes. Yes. Does it make sense? There. Yeah. So there has to be an action yeah. for something to happen, isn't it? Yeah. So what caused the Big Bang? There you go. So that does not show. Uh, I'm trying to find the word for it. It doesn't show random. It doesn't show randomity or coincidence. So what you're saying is um, the preface you sort of wanted to start with. It seems like is that we were saying because um, I, I don't want to see science and, and belief at odds with each other. And that mm. was one of the things that annoyed me about, yeah. about Christianity you know, yeah. with people who are. But you're just wanting to say that maybe some people are a bit like that because they think that there are answers that science maybe can't get to and, yeah. and you don't want to give science all of the credit. Yeah, is that, yeah kind of. You know, is I, that where you want us to start? Probably where, because if you ask me, I want science to marry, you know, I want them to work together. But probably they're just thinking, you know, that's why I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I'm saying... You know, do we want to give science that credit? Is it easier for us to say science has the has all the answers or we've already acknowledged science does not have the answer? Or is it also easier to just say, well, God did everything, you know? Well, science has know. lots of answers. It, it does. It does. <laughs> I guess what I want to say is the answers that it does have acknowledged and, and respected. Indeed, um, indeed. But, you know, I'm a believer in a creator as well. So, you mm. know, I believe there's some intentionality, mm. but I'm cool with it taking, you know, 13 billion years to 
for for it all to get here. I I, I think you know just throwing something together in seven days seems a little bit too easy. I, I like yes. it taking time yeah. but you know yeah. but that's part of why we call this the eternity what is indeed. it because it's like where is this place that we indeed. all exist in you indeed. know where, where does it yeah so yeah chris was saying he doesn't want there to be a conflict between science and religion mm. but i think there really is a conflict between evolution and religion because mm. if like we've talked about this before but if evolution is real and humans did evolve from lower order animals Mm. if humans really do have a soul it had Mm. to come in at some point unless you think every animal has a soul all the way down to those parasitic wasps that you know kill (laughs) you know yes i don't know how chris does that and i don't think even he understands (laughs) how to put those two together (laughs) but i think there is a conflict there is a conflict between science and religion and there has been a conflict between science and intelligent design. Yes. And science and creationism. Indeed. Which are the two you're talking about, Indeed. an intelligent designer. Um, yeah. Another thing, why, you know, another part of the reason why I came was uh, to kind of hopefully gently brush off some of the common things we see and we sleep through and just push it back a bit. You know, it's funny, Chris says, of course, the Bible said heaven and earth was created in seven days, Right. You know, and I love the fact that Chris last year actually was talking about the allegory of this understanding. And look, I have another professor. All I know has been taught to me. So, of course, I have to give credit to those that have taught me uh, what I know. And, you know, there's this guy, Bruce, who has traveled to uh, Israel to kind of study, you know, study the Bible in the context it was written. Because... Uh, another thing I was talking to Chris about was the fact that, you know, the funny thing is most of what we read in the English translation of the Bible was translated. So sometimes there's always a shortage of words to describe the, you know, essence of things as described it. And, you know, this was one of those. And he actually said that it wasn't kind of like God created the heavens and the earth in the seven days of the week, <laughs> like we say it. It's more, it says on day one. So it wasn't like like he says on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because that's the understanding that we have in our heads. When you say seven days in our head, it goes straight to the week. Well, our comparison for it is the seven days, but it actually is not says in that it's not said in that essence. It's more on day one. This was what happened mm. on day two. So we don't even know if it was a Wednesday or Thursday. <laughs> if it was a year, you know, does it make sense? So yeah, well, I, yeah. I, this I is even, one of those ones. I even like the fact that it just starts off with. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There, there isn't go. a time span actually set to that statement. Yeah. And then after go. that, you yeah. have a bunch of days, including like the sun and the moon being, you know, made on like the third or fourth day or something. Yep. Like, how do we have days before yeah. that bit? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah. But anyways. They were clearly just telling stories. They were telling stories. They weren't trying to write a scientific textbook. No. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, where did that lead to next? You said it was leading to something Great. Else. It, it, it led to uh, me... Uh, trying to flush out uh, this kind of thinking that we have, you know, not flush out really, highlight, you know. You're saying I'm the shit in the toilet, I hear (laughs) (laughs) you. Not at all, not at all. I I think you are, even if you are, you're one of the nicest one around. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Mr. Hanky. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're our best guest. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Dick. Thanks. I was saying, you know, there's these two ways of thinking that we have. So one of one of those is there is a logical sense of thinking. 
rational a rational sense of thinking and and my biblical friends will say that's what the grits were good for they would always have this philosophical arguments on the mountain and even paul when paul was writing to them he had to use that sense of their gods and saying there's one you know so there was always that logical kind of thinking but then there is also uh the hebrew kind of thinking the hebrew kind of thinking says you know what everything there is to be is out there right it is not a right for me to know, but I can seek to know, if that makes sense. This is me trying to do it in simple terms. So, you know, even the answers that we don't have today, like even the answers that we know, I'm sure that there are answers to those, but we just don't have them yet. And so these are kind of two ways of thinking uh, that I realize influence our way of seeing things that we do not even realize. We like seeking answers. Indeed. I know Nick thinks that there should be an answer to questions. Um, like where are we going to get those answers? Is science going to provide it? Well, <laughs> science might. That's why I think uh, science and Christianity should marry each other because I believe they both have the answers. And it feels like, I don't want to make it sound like these guys are saying what I'm saying, but it feels like in, even in our last couple of years, it continues to confirm that science discovers what the Bible has predicted for years, like the literature of the Bible, some of the things the literature of the Bible say, we're discovering it. Does it make sense? Or do I have to defend myself? I have to scientifically. Oh, well, I mean, because I think you can find all sorts of things in the Bible which are going to say stuff and you go, oh, look, see science. Yes. You know, yes. So yes. it could be coincidence. Right? There you go. There you go. Yeah. I, I, I would love to hear you explain what you just said then because I, I don't know how you can possibly point to anything in the Bible that, that predictions that science now is confirming. Yes. Really, this is this is really great. It is great, isn't it? Yeah. Um, are you ready for this, Nick? I'm ready. So, <laughs> okay. So, I want to say this in the context. So, remember that was why that was why I asked the question about evolution, and then I introduced the, this two kind of thinking. Because do you know what's scary? That's exactly what you've just done now. That was why I said seriously. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? We demand explanation, which is fine. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. We demand explanation in the contest that, you know what, it's not, yeah, it doesn't come together. It doesn't come together. So that's that's that kind of thinking he's saying. Uh, but I, as I've said, is coming to with the fact that I'm not saying I have the answer. That was why I, th I feel like I should explain it first. So it's not saying that I'm not saying that I have the answer, but I know that the answer exists. Does it make sense? Yeah. A good example of that was in the Bible, there's a lot of times the psalmist will write his reflection. And it says, it says something like this. It says, the heavens declare your glory, the heavens. And I'm trying to work out how, how to simply put this. But what is glory? You know, glory is to show splendor and majesty and beauty, right? And he's saying, heaven declares your glory. And I just told you about the talk about this dude that says, we think we've seen stuff, but the more stuff we see, the more order there is. If someone wants to show his glory, he's, he wants to show his artistry, isn't it? You want to show your complexity. You want to show your design. So I have a feeling the more they look, the more they look further away from the planet, the more they look further away into space, the more order they're going to see, the more glory. Does it make sense? And, you know, the Bible said this, you know, I don't want to say the Bible because it's, it's tricky because it's a dude that was inspired uh, by God to say this. And he said the heavens, you know, the heavens declare your glory, the mountains sing your praise and 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 things like that, you know. So that's my closest quick pull off the hat to say the Bible says this, 
and science would only confirm science the more science goes out it's just going to confirm some it, i don't know if that yeah, well, if that scratches anything for unique at all so i don't understand how looking further out into space shows order like i would have thought it shows the opposite of order like you were talking about entropy before the idea of the universe is that it's getting more and more entropic if that's a word. There you go. That now, there you go. That's the point. That was so it's that getting was less the, ordered. There you go. That was their assumption. See, you you've just confirmed what I was saying. So in their assumption, they expected it to be that. They expected that from the explosion, the more we look out into space, it should show a breakdown. It's you know things should spiral down as it is predicted. But instead of that, instead of disorder, they're seeing more order. Like what? And design, the way. It, I, I'm trying to work out how to explain it the way I'll find the link and I'll, I'll send it to you. But yeah. he was saying the more they look in the, you know, where the placement, the placement of things and how it was showing more order. So that was why I was saying to me, it was confirming des- a design. The dude that, uh, let's call God a dude now. Yeah. The dude that made That's it. <laughs> you can use the word could... God. We use that all the yes. time. Go for it. <laughs> you know, he, he could do whatever he want to do with the design on the other end. You know, he's going to continue to do whatever he wants. Yeah. Yes. Chris. I didn't have a question. I was, uh, I'm, I'm like listening, going, oh, we're talking about entropy. And I'm going, oh, hang on. Definition. Of entropy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, it's about disorder. It's about things getting more and more disordered. Chaotic, yeah. So instead if it's of- getting more and more disordered, does that mean that, you know, it was ordered in the beginning, but God's dead now? Is, or, no, or, no, 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 no. But that was I, the prediction. We were saying that, was the, that this is the prediction. It is expected that things should spiral out of control until, because it came from a start. And that's the thing, isn't it? Because it came from a start, then there's going to be a finish. Things are going to spiral out into a finish. Oh, I'm not sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but this is the thing that always blew my mind. And it's part of why I'm a, I am a believer. And you talked a bit about it before, was that I can't get my mind around what's beyond the universe. I can't get my mind around infinity. Because we have, as human beings, a linear understanding in that everything that we experience, everything that we know, everything that we can understand, you know, through science or whatever, it has a beginning and it has an end. And, and, with and, thinking. And That's so, the thinking. And so, but the thing is that that doesn't work because there has to be something else. There you go. <laughs> because there has to be that 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 action that started it all. There you go. And so that's why I, trying to get my head around it all, I'm, you know, I find it pretty easy to fall back on the concept that there is something outside of a linear existence. That is correct. We call this the eternity world. There is something, and potentially there's something that instigated that action. And I, I, that's why I I don't know that. that, So I'm an agnostic, but that's a big reason why I fall on that side of believing that is correct can you see that nick so which is bringing us back to that way of thinking you know and it can be on the side of thinking where i think you know what which which is going to lead us to our next conversation you know what if there was god which is what nick said and i liked it and i like that question in which was like if there was god then he should speak to me because we assume we're like well if he's there he should do something about it right and i felt i feel like you know what he is doing something about it and I wanted to start by asking. Oh, hold on, hold Nick on. Again. Be- yes. Before you get to your next question, can I just yes. drop something in to yes. respond to what you guys were just talking about? Yeah. Um, like I used to think pretty similarly to what, well, what I think you guys are articulating. 
yeah. in that what caused the Big Bang? Like, what the hell caused that? It couldn't have just caused itself. And Neil deGrasse Tyson has a quote where he says that if your idea of God is just everything that is outside the limits of scientific knowledge, if it's just, you know, we don't know what caused the Big Bang, well, we're going to say that's God. Or we don't know how humans came about, well, God made them all. Um, mm. Then your God is a pocket of scientific ignorance and it's ever receding because scientific knowledge is forever gaining in the amount it knows. Mm. And so your God is just an ever receding pocket of scientific ignorance. And like I felt like, yeah, that was partly mm. true of what I believed. Mm. Uh, I don't yeah. know what you do with that. Like, because, like, yes. 300 years ago, people would have been yeah. saying, How did people come about? Well, God created them. And then Darwin came around and said, No, no, sorry, guys, but um, we actually evolved from primates. And then yes. genetic testing has shown that we're, you know, 99 point whatever percent the same as chimpanzees. And, and that just yes. blows the idea that humans were created by God. Now, you, you know, scientific Christians can still say that God started the Big Bang, but that's because we don't understand what caused the Big Bang. And when science gets to the point of explaining that, if it ever does, and it may not, but if it ever yeah. does, then God will just take another step back <laughs> into the distance. Yes, yes. But I wanted to quickly go back to your point, uh, Nick. You said Darwin, was it? Darwin said, Darwin, uh, yep. yeah, proved that 99% of our genes are similar, right? Uh, he didn't Which, because genes weren't about back then. Like no yes, one knew what genes were. But he were. says we've evolved. Yeah, he says we've evolved. Which, which then take, took us back to the question that that still actually has not been proven. We are similar does not mean that we have evolved from them. You know, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Does it make so sense? So yeah, I don't think I explained the evolution thing very well at the start, and I'm sure, I'm sure I won't now, but I don't understand climate science. I have no idea. I'm not a climate yes. scientist, and I don't understand it. But what yes. I do is I listen to the people who should know what they're talking about. Which is what I do too. I, you know, I, that's I place funny, my trust it? in their hands. If they're wrong, then I'm, you know, I'm just believing them and I've got no idea because I don't have the interest to spend the next 20 years understanding it. And it's a that similar thing with evolution. Like, yes. there just aren't serious evolutionary biologists who actually think that this is just made up. Yes. There are some climate scientists who don't think that climate change is real. And Yes. But it's a tiny minority and it's the same with evolution. Like, Indeed. Which is what I'm saying, isn't it? It does not, you know... What we have said is not that we haven't said we wait until all the, it's not all the explain, unexplainable fact that we say God has. Even the explainable ones, that was why I told you that, um, you know, that I used to think that way too. I used to say, where are all the people that are in betweens and things like that? But even the Bible has, you know, talks about how we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are made with intention. And, and even just our body shows that, you know, the complexity of just our eyes, you know, um, how our food is digested and things like that. I feel like it's not that we're saying that only... It's funny, isn't it? Yeah, I can see. No, it, but it's just because yeah. we don't understand it. Like, I've looked into the evolution of the eyeball. That's one of the things I have looked into. And it is fascinating how an eyeball can evolve from being a device that really only picks up the difference between light and dark. It doesn't see any detail whatsoever. And over the course of many different changes along the way, it can get to the point where... Our eyeball can see so much detail, and ours isn't even the best. Ours isn't the best eyeball in all of creation. Like there's, I think it's octopuses or something like that that have even better vision than us. Yep. Let's touch about this. I want to touch about this a bit more. Uh, so when you say evolution, when you say the evolution of the eye, do you mean uh, the evolution from when we were born, or there is 
proof that actually the eyes that we have has actually evolved like does it make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, my eyeball did not evolve yeah. from anything else. Like, I was just yeah. born with my eyeball and that's all there is. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Over the course of billions of years, yes, eyeballs have changed and in the heads of different species have changed to different species with different eyeballs. Yeah. yeah. Not just my eyeball has changed over the last 34 years. So, is this... I've just been thinking, you know, yeah. back to the thing you said before, Nick, about this receding picture of God, the more that science understands, like the goalposts are shifting and, and the, the yeah. net's getting smaller. And I'm going, is that why, is that part of the reason why there is this conflict, you know, is because, hey, you're encroaching in, on our turf of giving all the answers, you know, and, and you're making our God smaller as well. Because, like, I accept the science and uh, because cause I trust, I'm like, what vested interest does an evolutionist or, or a climate scientist have in lying to me? Yes. You know, I don't, yeah. I, the, when I weigh that sort of a thing up, yep. like there can be, but mm. I'm like, and when I weigh up mm. what sort of a vested interest they might have to what someone who would say otherwise, because mm. they're paid by the oil company or yeah. whatever, you know, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I accept the science. And I, I guess that does give me a smaller set of goalposts to find God between, mm. uh, to, to seek out those answers, which I guess that, that I'm finding science doesn't have yet. And when, then the more they get, it'll get smaller. Yeah, that's an interesting prospect to be facing as a believer. Indeed. But that's why also why I said before that it wasn't my entire reason for falling on the side of believing, but it is, mm. it is a big part, part of, it. of that, you know, of mm. who instigated all of this. That's a part of where my belief comes. But, mm. but then there's experiences. Then there's, mm. you know, all sorts mm. of yeah. stuff yeah. that you see in your trying to seek and understand the world that some things feel like they make more sense within a belief system than not. So mm. anyway... Can we move on to? I don't want to talk about evolution. Indeed, all at, through oh, the evening. Yes, yes. yes. No sorry, I interrupted no, you. No Eddie, more sorry. science. No, no, no. He, that's all right. We're all as bad as each other. So, so can we? Like, <laughs> no, no, some no. Of the things- no, I'm the sinner. I'm going to hell. <laughs> you two are <laughs> no, fine. No. You're, you're getting flushed down the toilet. That's <laughs> what's happening to you. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. So, what's something else that, like, from yeah. the episode, we talked Another, about things? Yes. Like, like, so this is yeah. The, the next one. Oh, well, you've got one. You've got a list. You indeed, want to take on with us? Okay. So the, the next one was, you know, the next dilemma, the dilemma or dilemma. Where do, how do you dilemma. say dilemma? Dilemma. Look, we can't speak Nigerian, so we're not going to complain. <laughs> you know, uh, that I had uh, was Nick made another good point. He, you know, I was listening to Nick. I listened to all your points, Nick, last week very well. It was about the fact that we need to trust that our children would grow to, or, you know, not even not grow, they would know what is best for them, right? And they'll come to know what is best for them or they'll seek to know what is best for them. Yeah, so it was about not indoctrinating children. That's what we were talking about. That is correct. And as as I listen to you, you know, I'm hoping that I'm one of those that would not indoctrinate their kids. I'm hoping, (laughs) I'm really excited and hoping. (laughs) which is, which is where I agree with you, which is what, where I agree with what you're saying in, in, in terms of, you know what, you don't want to do that. But the question that I then had is, how do they know what is good for them as children? Are we giving them too much more responsibility than they should be carrying on their shoulder at a time? Why I said so was because mm. even science, uh, so we shouldn't talk about evolution, but we're still talking about science. <laughs> science, you know, has proved that their brain is not fully developed, is not fully formed until they're 21, until they're full adults. So 
the question I had was, you know, are we giving them too much responsibility? Say, oh, don't worry. You know what is good for you. Just sit down. There's no way, uh, you know, they can just sit down. That's why I hope that's why, you know, you send them to school so they can learn numbers and alphabets and stuff so that their minds would be at a place where they can digest this information. You know, we could talk about this and, and, and things like that. I'm not talking about indoctrinating them now. I'm talking about truly giving them, like you said, you know, reading stuff, reading things about Christy. You know, if I'm a Christian, my issue, part of my issue with that is that, you know, if they're not going to be taught that aspect of life in school anymore, I feel like it, it comes, it becomes my responsibility to say, guess what? This is how I've grown up. This is what I know about God and things like that and be intentional about it. Sometimes I might be, I might encourage discipline about it, you know, to actually do it. So do you think that's a wrong idea? I don't know, my, the blab about my question. No, it's, that's brilliant. I'm so glad you raised that. Um, I think it, is it wrong for you to do that? Uh, it depends how you do it. Yeah. So I think I said in the podcast, I think a good way to think about it is if I'm a Christian, how do I think Muslims should raise their kid? How mm. do I think Scientologists should raise their kids? Mm. Do I think they should just teach what their religion says mm. and not expose them to anything else. If if I believe in Christianity, I think that's horrendous if they're doing that because mm. it's leading them down the path to hell. That's true. So I think what we should do is we should teach them what we know to be true. And mm. I don't know how certain you are of God's existence, but at no point during my Christianity would I have been able to say I'm absolutely definitely certain. Mm. I mean, I'm certain that you two exist. Mm. <laughs> I'm certain my wife exists. Yeah. I'll tell them that stuff. I'll mm. tell them the stuff that I've learned about that I've got a pretty good idea is true, you know, like climate scientist sort of mm. stuff. Like mm. I, I don't know that I know that I know, but mm. I've got reason to believe. Mm. Um, I just don't think you can have that level of certain. Well, for me personally, maybe it's different with you. Maybe God does talk to you and you can have conversations oh, with him and all that, that sort of stuff. I'm glad you if, mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, if that's true, then absolutely you should be telling your kid, yeah, I actually talk to God and he talks back mm. and he is real. Mm. Believe me, he's real and it's really important that you do. And mm. yeah, so if that's your experience, then absolutely tell your kids that. Yeah. But if your experience is that, you know, I kind of, think there's a God and I hope there's a God, mm. then I, there's nothing wrong with you saying to your kids, I think there's a God and I hope there's a God. Mm. But yeah, I mean, now nah, I'm not certain. Yeah. I, I think and I hope, but I'm not certain. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So like I, I think I said in the episode that my daughter, like this morning, it's Sunday today, this morning she said to my wife, you know, it's Sunday, mum, can we go to church? My wife was just like, ah, oh, do I really have to? <laughs> um, but we're like, yeah, if, if you want to go, we will take you to church. Yeah. But, you know, she also believes in fairies and mermaids. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. She, she, she told me a couple of days ago, uh, we were sitting around the dinner table and I said, Rosa, does God talk to you? And she goes, yeah. I said, <laughs> <laughs> what does God say? Yeah. She goes, uh, he, she tells me to tickle William, which is her brother. <laughs> that is yeah, awesome. Right. Good. That is I awesome. like your God, Rosa. <laughs> that is awesome. Cheeky it, God. Yeah. Cheeky. Do you know what? This is awesome. I have a thing about talking to God too. I'm glad you raised that. I feel tempted uh, to go there. Could I just ask, like, go back to something I said earlier? Yeah, like, how would you want a Muslim person to raise their kid? Or how would you want a Scientologist kid to raise their kid? Yes. Sorry, not a kid to raise yeah. their kid. A yeah. Sci Scientologist yeah, a Scientologist person to raise the kid. I think, I think, like you've said, uh, you know, I agree with what you've said. Do you know why I even agree with what you've said more? Because the life that we live is a journey. 
even the life of Liv. That's why I started my telling you my story with my visit to the witch doctor. Like, and even um, on my forehead, my chest, there's still those marks to show. You know, you know, they'll cut you with blades and rub these things. You know, so that was part of my journey. That was part of the journey of how I have moved from where I was to where I am today. So how you start, you know, whatever you start teaching those kids is your truth of the time. And our kids, the hope is that as they grow up, you know, and I, I hope, you know, the Christianity I know is that's what we say in Christianity. We say that you teach kids how they should grow. Even the Bible says, train up a child in the way he's old, he should grow. And when he's old, the hope that he will discover it for himself and he will not depart from it. The more, the more I think about the question as I try and answer it, the more excited I am. Because when I went home, I want to tell you that when I went home, I was trying to tell uh, my brothers at home about how things have evolved here, you know, talking about evolution, how things have evolved here and the issues that we face. And I was selling them the issues that they would face as well, right? But it was just, it was just not computing for them. It felt like the harder I tried, the more at odds it felt like I was arguing with them or we we're going to. So do you know what I realized? I said, oh, maybe I just have to wait. It might be even up to 10 years. It might, I just have to wait for them to get to that point. And then hopefully it could click for them. Or I would say, well, this was what I was trying to explain to you 10 years ago. When I say, when I say, I, you know, teach them what you know, of course, there's always flaws to our understanding, even our understanding, even our parents. I, I, could, I can see flaws to how my parents taught me what they taught me because the world is a different place. There's always going to be flaws, but the heart of the intention is to help them be better people. So if at the heart of what you're doing is to see the best, make sure you wish the best for your kid, not just while they're alive, but you care about what happens to them even before or after life. So that's, you know, just do your best. I don't know if that answers your question at all. Nick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you were going to talk about, I think you were going to move yeah, on I was to gonna, about yeah. like a relationship with Indeed. God. We talked about. We, oh, oh we, even before then, it was before then. I was saying, you know what, Nick, thank you very much. You've done well. I've bombarded you with question. And I, I said, Chris should uh, stay on the side. Now it's Chris's. Uh-oh. So, yeah, um, uh, get him. <laughs> I'm jumping to Chris now because Chris said he had a problem uh, with hearing Kristen say, follow your heart. Oh, that one. Yes. Yeah, like so it was about, you know, the heart can be deceitful in that sense and that we get taught in a Western society. It's not just Christianity. It's it's throughout our whole secular there society. You, that you follow your heart uh, and that ends up causing a lot of broken relationships. There it ends up causing go. people doing crimes of passion. And so I'm like, you should follow your heart, but you can't just lead with it. You've got to have it in concert with, with your head. That you is, know, there's there's the two together. That's part of what you were talking about earlier about Hebrew thinking. Yes. Well. That's what they call wisdom. Is yes. The rational and the emotional feeling side working together and holding each other to that account. Is correct. So that is correct. What was your issue with that? That is correct. You know, you know the funny thing? It almost felt like Chris had what I was saying, and then he jumped on my wagon. But here's the thing. Here's the, here's the thing here. Chris was trying to have a problem right? With a Christian frame of mind, but he was using a secular understanding uh, to explain it. Does it make sense? So you, you exactly hit the point of what I was, you hit the nail on the head. You see, the problem with that way of understanding is not what is being said, that you should follow your heart. It is our understanding of heart in the Western world. That was why I started with the thinking. Can you see that, Nick? So the problem of the there you go. He get, I've been caught out. No, 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 no. <laughs> but that's a good thing. I like the fact, because you acknowledge it, that's the thing. Because uh, this was where it was vivid for me, you know. Because when you said follow the heart, 
it just hit me. I just realized, well, I didn't. I don't think like that. When I tell someone to follow their heart, I know that the heart is deceitful. Well, but the other do... side of the heart is that, you know, it's also the opposite of deceitful. You know, it's there you go. There you go. So there's a tension. There's yeah. actually the heart is a place of tension. That is why that is why they say follow your heart, because sometimes, sometimes they say God has placed eternity in the hearts of men. And they, what I was going to say was the Hebrews, this was the little research that I did, for the Hebrew, the heart actually is a is a center of reasoning. Yeah, they call it the seat of the will. There you go. Right. So it's, it's a center of reason. So it's not just when we say the heart and the head, it almost feels like we're saying the same thing because when I say follow your heart, I actually mean that part. And if you would truly follow your heart, if I say follow your heart, it means that you're realizing that I'm saying go and do some work. Like if I say follow your heart, I'm not saying, oh, just decide whatever you've decided and just go and do it. Oh, you feel free, mate. If I say it in that context, I'm saying, you know what? Follow your heart, which is a cue. Go and do the work and listen to it. Listen and sit in still and find your will. Find out what it is that is pushing you and then do that. So it sounds like what you're saying is it was a really helpful thing to say 2,000 years ago in Hebrew society. But in 21st century Australia, it may not be that useful because we have a different understanding of the word heart. There you go. So we need a new translation. You need to get on to translating the Bible. <laughs> yes, <letter>. yes. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I wasn't meaning that it was helpful 2,000 years ago. I was saying even today, in the frame of mind I had grown up with. You're saying you get misunderstood. You, you know the funny thing? Even Chris knows. There's a lot of times I talk to people because of the way I think. There are things I say to people that it just falls out of context. I'm actually acknowledging that uh, that way of thinking still exists. Like saying, follow your heart still exists now. But maybe we just have to find a, a, a translation for it. It's, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Does it make sense? So it's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing saying, how can we translate it into a way that others can understand? Because I still make use of it now. Does it make sense? That's how my brain still works now. So, in defend, so, so it's not old. It's not 2000 that Christians say yeah. that we were attacking a couple of weeks ago. Yep. You're saying that, you know, that could still apply now and it can just be misunderstood. Indeed. Yeah, fair enough. All right, cool. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> but but maybe I'm not hearing correctly, but it sounds like what you're saying is instead of retranslating the Bible, we should retranslate everyone's brain. We should all, yeah, be updated to, not, to understand. It's not concept. even updated. It's like backdated yeah. to, to Hebrew way of thinking. You, you could see it that way. But remember what I said? It's a paradigm of thinking. My mind, I, I translate things that way. If you say we should backdate it, well, is it saying that my mind is backdated? Is it saying that my mind is backdated? Yeah, I, it's well, the question, maybe. yeah. Because no, I think that way. That's how I think. And I, I see value you know. in, in doing it that way, and I attempt to do it that way as well. Mm. I don't know. He might be calling us dinosaurs. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> so I don't want it to come across as though I'm being critical of that idea. Mm, no, like, but, but there, that's true. There might that be value yeah. in changing our understanding of the term heart. Yes. And, and if that's true, then absolutely. But that you've got to acknowledge that's a lot harder work than it is to translate the Bible. Yeah. If you just translate yeah. the Bible, that's hard, but it's a lot easier than there retraining every person's brain. There you go, which is understandable where the misunderstanding comes in. Yeah. Why I said what I said was I will hope that if, if that person that was telling you to follow your heart is a true Christian, this will be the heart of what they were trying to say. They, they're oh, not saying, yeah, does it make sense? So they're not saying... You know, follow your heart, as we said about, you know, because we know that our understanding is influenced by television. 
the the concept of heart has become emotions and the ticklish, the butterfly and things like that, you know. I think you are greatly overestimating the knowledge of Jewish thinking in modern day Christians. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. That's yeah. I, I think that's part of the problem mm. is that the depth of understanding. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to move on to the next topic. Do you know a beautiful segue into this? Yeah, where you said uh, you're sure it's easier to try and retranslate the Bible than it is to retranslate the way we're thinking. Mm. What, what, did I say it right? Or you might even say it better yeah. than I can. Yeah. Or, no, it, that sounds perfect. It was, isn't it? Because it's a, it is a perfect segue to the next point that I had uh, mm. that talks about communication. Now, this is this is about uh, what you said. Does God speak? Does he speak to people? And, of course he doesn't. Huh? Of course he doesn't. <laughs> Nick, Nick spent Nick spent twenty something years at the end of his bed waiting for God to speak to him. This is great. I mean, I'll, I wasn't literally at the end of my bed. Yeah. That part of it. Oh, I, I, I pictured you kneeling with your hands together because yeah, you talked about this last week. The the thing about literally, you have to take the Bible literally or stop. You know, I was listening. I actually was listening to the podcast. That you know. I was having a, a good laugh when you said, of course, we have to read the Bible literally sometimes. And uh, I, I was laughing because I'm like, uh, you know, there's some parts of it that uh, I'm sure I'm not going to read literally because if I did, uh, you know, there's there's going to be. <laughs> I'm very glad to hear that, Eddie. <laughs> uh, yes, Your wife but, will be more glad to hear that. <laughs> but you're saying hearing from God. Yeah. So speaking, you have a daughter, don't you? Nick, I do. you mentioned have, having a daughter last, or, you know, even today you mentioned having a daughter. And I was uh, going to do a quick backtrack, just a little quick backtrack. And I was going to ask you, you remember when she was born, didn't you? You remember the first time she was born? Yes. You know. The first time she was born. <laughs> <laughs> like she was born a couple more times. I mean, you know, <laughs> the first day she was born. I do, yes. And, you know, the first Scary as hell. Yeah, you got, it was scary, well, was it? Not, yeah. not hell. I'm sure hell yeah. was scarier, actually. Yeah. And then she began to sit and then she began to attempt to talk. Can you remember the first time she kind of spoke? I like to tell people that she said, dad is awesome. (laughs) But my wife tells me that that's probably not what she said first. So I don't know. I'm sure probably it was dada. (laughs) It almost certainly would have been mama. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, but now she can talk, can she? Like, she can talk now, can she? How old is she now? She's five. There you go. She's five. And probably at that stage where sometimes you're going to beg her to be quiet, isn't it? Begging's a (laughs) good place to go to, um, (laughs) shortly followed by bribery. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, my little little spiel of uh, history was... I was wanting to highlight the fact of the complexity of communication. The fact that, you know, once once upon a time, you know, we couldn't talk. I cannot even remember that time when I couldn't talk. So in the context of that, and remember, remember this way of thinking that I was talking about, the way of thinking of things have to logically make sense to us compared to the fact that there are answers to this stuff and we're going to discover it. And sometimes I feel like when we expect God to talk to us, this is hard, but I feel like I feel like it's a bit of an arrogance, you know, not about you, Nick, not at all. But hey, lay into <laughs> me. I want it. Come on, let's go. You know, so when when we say, you know, we want God to talk to us, it's like, you know, he's not talking, but actually he's talking. Which is why I gave you the example that I gave you, you know, that it says, you know, the heavens declare your glory. Creation, you know, it's it's like creation is talking on behalf of him because it shows his design a way of you know if i don't if i don't know you in the modern world now if people don't know you 
I'm sure that someone would would encourage you say, you don't know him, read his book. Or uh, for us to understand the past now, what, what do we do? We look at people's art, we look at their artistry, we look at what things have they created. You know, that kind of helps us understand. So it kind of is like what they've said is speaking for them. Does it make sense? That makes sense if God is dead. Like, you know, if someone's dead, then yeah, go read their book. If they're not dead, then go speak to them. Good. Which is bringing me, I was saying, so that's one aspect. I'm saying the this is one aspect of coming to, that was why I started, you know, that's why I started with the fact that we didn't know how to talk and now we talk, right? So yeah. I wanted to start by establishing the complexity there is to talking to God. Because to be frank with you, God is bigger than we can understand or comprehend. God is bigger than us. So it is, it is, there you go. It is we who are trying to fit into the universe, if that makes sense. You know, if the universe has existed for a thousand of years and it's still going to exist when we're not here. And if we're saying we still don't have an answer, if we're still discovering what it is that, you know, so this, this place is going to be here. Now I'm trying to bring it in together. So the next thing I was going to ask you was as we're sitting now, you have a TV in your house. Yes, that's correct. How uh, did you know? <laughs> well, look at that magic. It was a wow. it was a bit of a magic. It was God yeah. told you, didn't he? Well, not really, but I was going to I was going to trick you now. I was going to say, do you know what is playing on the TV station or your TV right now? Um, there's probably an infomercial for <laughs> some men's hair loss program. Yeah. Well, no, you know the funny thing. No, I don't know. That is correct. So the funny thing is is of course you don't know. But no. if you were to find out, how would you do that now? If you were to find out, how would you do that? I'd say, screw you guys, I'm going to watch TV. There you go. Or, you know, you don't even have to screw us. You could just find the remote and... <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be as fun though, Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so all my spiel, all the way, all the way, mm-hmm. all my spiel has brought me to this point where I'm saying, you know what? God is talking. What is and I've got to tune into him. There you go. Do we need to tune into what God is saying? Right? This is good. It is. Um, it is. So here's what I would say to that. Yes. I think this is the arrogant Nick speaking again, Eddie. No, that's fine. That's all good. Just so you know, you're not the only one who, because sometimes even some of the Christians that we talk about, even they themselves acknowledge being arrogant because they ask God yeah. the question and he know he he knows how to answer stuff like that. But yeah. go ahead. So in my mind, the more intelligent being yep. has a responsibility to communicate in a way that the less intelligent being can understand. So correct. when I talk to my daughter... I am more intelligent than her. Yep. My brain isn't still developing, sadly. That is correct. That's um, good. My brain's all done. Her brain has <laughs> still got a long way to go. Yes. So when I communicate with her, like I don't use massive big words because she won't understand what the hell I'm talking about. That is correct. I have to talk in a way that she understands. That is and correct. if I screw that up, that's my fault. It's not her fault. It's She doesn't need to just listen more carefully or you know, tune in a certain way. That is true. It's not her responsibility. It's my responsibility. Mm. So it is God's responsibility. He Mm. built us. He knows the limitations of my senses. If I'm not picking something up, that's on him. Mm. Now, if it was that I was saying, I don't want to know God, that would be different. But I'm not saying that. I want to know that God's there. If God exists... I want to know that. Yes. I've got a son that died. I want to know that my son is somewhere in heaven, you know, having an awesome life and that I'm going to see him in the future. I want that to be the truth. Mm. But I'm not going to pretend that I know that's the truth when he doesn't speak to me. Mm. So I'm not not deliberately ignoring him. If I was deliberately ignoring him, Mm. that would be fair enough. I'll be with you 100%. Mm. But I'm not. Like, I want to know. I want to hear from God. I want God to tell me, you know, how should I behave tomorrow? You know, what should I do? What shouldn't I do? What's going to be wasting my life? What's going to be the best use of it? I want God to be talking to me, Mm. but he's not. There you go. 
I, I love the way he said it because it this takes me to my next point. Ah, you're like <laughs> God, <laughs> no, God no. led you, didn't he? <laughs> huh? God led you. He oh, knew what I was going to say. You know, it's funny you say that, isn't it? Because as, as much as you said that, I felt like he did. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I want to feel like that. Yeah. So this actually leads me to my next one because, you know, why I said, why I, I talked about communication, the complexity of the communication is because this is the Bible now and the Bible is my base of understanding. So I like what you said. It is the responsibility of God to talk to the people. It felt like at the start, well, not the start, start, not the way, way start. You know, when God chose the people of Israel, there were a couple of things he did to make sure that they heard what he had to say. He even gave them little, he, he gave them uh, physical signs to show that he was there. You know, he was a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, just to show them that, you know, these were signs that he was with them and he was talking to them. But I don't want to go into that because scientifically, as you have said, I might not be here. <laughs> I cannot begin to prove that. But I want to give you a very recent an example for me where he spoke to me and how he did it. Because mm -hmm. this is the best and tangible and reasonable example that I have. So we go to this place called Uluru. I don't know if you know Uluru. You know Uluru, right? And I was a part of a team of 23 or however many that were going to this trip. Yeah. And part of what I do that I realize helps me and keeps me from going really crazy is that I, <laughs> I reflect. Because I'm a very thorough person, it helps me to just quickly review what I've done and then think of what I need to do, you know, so it helps my head be sane. So, you know, have you ever had those times when things slowly creep into your mind and you keep getting frustrated about stuff? Probably. <laughs> my problem is like, I don't want to just say yes because yes. like I feel like I'm meant to say yes. Yes, yes. But uh, I'm terrible at remembering that's stuff. That's fine. So that is all good. Probably. That is, that is all good. I was hoping that, you know, so that you can, you know, the best way to understand something is to associate it with an experience you've had. So it's real for you. So like something that's like frustrated me yes, over that, and over again. Yeah. No, not even over and over again. A frustration that has built in you over time. Oh, yeah. My kids do that to me all there, the time. There you go. So yeah. that was what I was saying, you know, so you can Go identify. tidy your room. No. Go tidy your room. No. Go tidy your room. No. Oh, fine, <laughs> I'll give you ice cream. Okay. <laughs> I think that bribe thing seems to be working well. Um, so this was kind of like me on this trip. So there was one of my colleagues that was kind of doing things that I would have done differently. And it was slowly frustrating me. And so I kind of write what happened and I wrote how I was feeling. I was honest. I was, well, I was being vulnerable. You know, I was writing the S-H-I-T words of how I felt and what I, you know, even wanted to do this. I was really honest about it. And then I felt like, whew, I'm getting my emotions out. I'm getting better. So what should I do? This is me now. This is me thinking, right? This is me thinking, what should I do? So I kind of like, okay, this is me using my mind. You know, the, the logical thinking bit. What is the best thing to do now? In this case, what I do is I'm going to raise this issue with this person, you know, give them a bit of feedback. This is me reasoning. I'm going to give them a bit of feedback. And maybe they'll say this and that. This is how I'm going to counter their point and I'm going to give my point. And, I, you know, I was all enjoying it. I was going good. And then this is while I was settled. Remember, I told you that all my emotions was off and I kind of journaled it out. And then I kind of had, it was kind of like a reason, right? But this was the trick about this bit. This is why I told, I took time to tell you this, right? Have you ever heard yourself? Have you ever heard yourself in a way that doesn't sound like you? It's a tricky one, isn't it? I'm forcing you to, it's a tricky one. Well, I hear myself on a podcast pretty regularly. Sometimes I say some really. <laughs> no, I mean, in your mind, things. you know, in your mind, you're going through your mind, and then you hear something that is like it's not you. 
I don't think so. Yeah. And no, that's no, no, that's why I asked the question. That's fine. Like there would be times when like like a thought comes into my head yep. that's like a horrific thought. Yeah. Then I just like reflectively just go, that's There you go. Thought. That's a bit scary. I, there you go. Thank I don't you. know where that came from. There I want go. no part of that thought. Yeah. 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 That, that sort of thing yeah. happens solid, if that's what you mean. Solid. That's solid. It's pretty solid. But that's so, me. Yeah. That's part of me. <laughs> I wish it wasn't, but it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so this is me. This is me uh, solidly to with my counter argument and stuff. And then... And then this reason comes through, and, and it, do you know what the reason said to me? This is this is how it came. It kind of came as in like, I know you know stuff. This is me, you know, reasoning with me. I know you know stuff, and you know what? I'm not one of those people that would want to say to myself, "I know stuff." If that makes sense, does it make sense? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't tell myself. But in the way this reason came, he says, "I know you know stuff." But here's the deal. Here's the thing, right? Is it okay sometimes to put aside what you know so that others can have? the environment to learn, to grow experientially. Does it make sense? I'm trying as best as I can to explain. The, you, you, can, you can see how hard it is. It's easy if it was happening to you. You know how one two-minute video can be best described than, you know, you trying to explain. This is what's happening here. So I knew that that was not me. This reason that I was coming to, because the me there was, this is my argument. I've written my argument nice and plain, if you know what I mean. I've written my counter argument because I was frustrated and I was wanting to let them know. I was going to say, look, we did this and did this. I'm a little bit frustrated. You know what? It doesn't happen. It's not, you know, if we're talking professional, you know, I had all this good reason to just bombard them with. But then this other, this other reason came and it was always counterproductive to what I already planned. It was like saying, you know what? I know you're frustrated. I know you're angry. Just hold your horses. Hold your horses. Give that person a room. Let them grow, right? This was seeking the benefit of their... And if you ask me, if you ask me, right? This is my explanation of it is, is like God's spirit in me, my spirit connecting with God's spirit or God's spirit that is in me leading me to the light of what is helpful for that moment. So if you ask me, I'll call that God talking to me. God did not open the gates of heaven. You know, I didn't, I didn't hear a voice saying, there, Eddie, you know, as we expect it to be. <laughs> but it came in my circumstance and it was meeting the, my need at the time. Yeah. So for me, I'm thinking, look, that, this is really my life. That, that was a real situation. It was a real situation in my life. And it's hard to explain, but I'm trying to explain. So for me, I feel like God is active. He's talking. I'm trying to work out is it's the way is the tuning in, you know, you said it, you know, you know, the, what is it about a tuning in? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So I totally accept that that could have been God. It could have been, but I think you would also accept that it could have just been you. Or do you just think there's absolutely no way that was just you? You see, that's a trick. See, this is, Ooh, this sorry, is, I'm not trying to trick you. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I'm in my answer. I'm saying that was why I asked you if you, you know, so, it's it's kind of like that's no that's not how I was sound. And you were saying that it was it's contrary not, to your plan. There it you was, go. It was contrary to the you. Yes. Okay. It, it is contrary to how I would have responded because I told that was why I told you that you know I do this reflection. I and it's funny how it happened because it felt like he was just sitting. He was just waiting for me. Like you know he was just looking at me going through the process and you know getting there. He was waiting until I get to the point where he could talk. It didn't sound like me. Does it make sense? Even in my head, in my reasoning, like I love people and stuff. And in my reasoning, in my way of reasoning, me telling them about what they've done wrong is my way of caring for them. Does it make sense? 
So, so even yeah. my logical reasoning, it was going against my logical sense of reasoning, my wanting to care for them and tell them the true reasoning. It was going against my grain of, does it make sense? The thing, yeah, well, the thing I, I like about that is that it wasn't confirming what you already thought, you know. So I, I would give a response like that more credence than, you know, than, I mean, hey, we are dualistic people. We do have contradictory thoughts. So I, I have all sorts of things going around in my head at the same time and can be indecisive and stuff. But yeah, I like how you said that you had something that you thought was you and then something else contrary came in. I find it an interesting way of explaining it. Hmm. For me, what, what made it legitimate? Uh, it wasn't saying the Bible said you have to do this or you have to do that. It was meeting the need of the moment. It was kind of like it was an extra. It was a higher standard, if, you, if that makes sense. You know, It wasn't bashing me. It wasn't saying, oh, Eddie, I'm so disappointed at you. Why would you think that just bashing that person with the truth? You know, it wasn't what, it was, if, if anything, that's what I'll sound like. You know how you get so angry with someone, then you bash them. Like you, you tell them all the way you hate them or the things they're doing. And then later on, you're like, oh, why did I even do that? You know, so it, even if anything, that would have sounded like me. And it wasn't sounding like me. And it wasn't forcing the solution. It wasn't saying, you know, that is going to solve my problem either. It wasn't saying, if you did this, the other person is going to see the light and stuff. But it was just, it was just something to provide a resolution for that time, you know. But why, so why that moment? Why is it not happening every day? You're just not able to tune in? Because there, there are bigger moments and more important things that, that God can be helping with than just, you know, a resolution between you and your colleague. There you go. I like, I like the way, yeah. uh, well, I like his question. I like the way he's thinking. Cheers. You know, thanks for that. I like, right. I like, <laughs> but, but, but that's the thing, isn't it? When you say that, you've you, come back to the thinking again. When you say why that moment, okay. you've come back to the thinking that you think that the moment, why do you think you that moment that you think is the moment is the moment and not the other moment? Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Did, did I just make any sense? <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah, which, yeah, yeah. which, which moments that who, who says which moment is the moment, you know? So why would I think that that moment is more important than the moment or what all I know is when it happens at that time it happens and I'm glad you asked that question because it actually almost was going to lead me to my next point but it's a strategy of communication based on the documents and the history of the documents that we have those guys back then actually told us that they had God and they talk about these things that happen Mm. right and I want to believe that those things were true so as part of the plan at some point, guess what? The strategy changed again. God did the talking himself. In fact, he came down on people and spirits and stuff. He did stuff. You know, lots of crazy things and happened. And there was Jesus. Then Jesus. Then the strategy changed. Then the strategy changed. He's like, okay, you know what? These people have been saying, I'm not doing a great job. Let me make it a bit better. Guess what? I'll send someone in flesh that would live among them, that will live with them. Guess what we did? This was what I was talking about, the arrogance things, Nick. You know, God sent Jesus. Guess what we did? We're like... What kind of dude is this? We, I want to say we, I wasn't there, but I say we, because they blamed him for stuff he didn't do unjustly, but, and to the point that they killed him. This, I hope this really happened because this guy said it happened. But even more, the claims that Jesus made, this is, this is where the foundation of my communication is. The claims that Jesus made, he says, you know what? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And then he said something. He says, guess what? To even make it better, God is going to change the strategy of communication again. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to die. Don't worry. I'm going to rise. But I'm going to go. Now, when I go, there is this dude called the Holy Spirit. 
this is the last strategy in the way I'm going to communicate with the world because I don't want some people to continue to feel like they're better than others. I don't want Eddie to say, you know what? I had a whisper last week. Nick did not. And it's for Eddie to feel like he's better than Nick because Eddie is not. If anything, <laughs> if anything, Nick is way better than Eddie in a lot of other things. <laughs> no but, way. You know, just to make it, make it sure that we realize how equal we are. Because that was what was happening. You know, God was talking God was talking to people, but then what the people did was they were making it hard for people like you and me to get to God. So, you know, Jesus said, don't worry, I die. The access is going to be for everyone. So is it for us to catch on to the fact that the strategy of communication has changed and maybe God has been talking to us? God might have been talking to me more times. I assure you, you know what, you know what, Nick, if I'll be honest, I feel like... God has talking to me more times, but guess what? I've only caught up at the end of it when things have gone worse. And I'll be saying, oh, I was feeling this, this urge, but I just kept pushing it aside. And then things get worse. And so you think it's your fault that you're not interpreting God. It's not God's fault that he's not communicating no, in a no, way no, that you no, can no. understand. It's your fault for not picking it up. This is true. This is a hard one. You know what? Partially it is. Well, it's not God's fault, is it? Because I think it's God's fault. Yeah, <laughs> I see what you've said. It is true. If I think this is this is hard for me. Do you know why it is hard for me? I'm trying not to I'm trying not to create the logical sense of thinking that is it to be God's fault because it's not anybody's fault. You know what? I'm trying to think of it as we have fallen, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I'm going to sound Christian. So I'm going to go back to the fact, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying not to sound like, you know, in the beginning, you know, man fell and there was a distortion, you know, it, it was like the signal that we have is not as clear as it used to be anymore. You okay. know? And so it's not actually God's fault that he is not coming out clear because it's not that he's not talking because God is continuously talking. That was why I talked about, I gave, you know, the bad example that I gave you about TV. I'm saying like there's wave frequencies going around your television and your radio and stuff like, you know, it's there. Like God is constantly talking, but a way to a way to tune into that is if you if you turn on your TV, if you turn on your TV, um, you know, if you talk about those old kind of televisions that you have to tune in, you have to do the VHF. You, you remember those radio, you know, those TVs. Um, I hate those. Things. Yeah, so I'm not. I don't. I'm trying to uh, see it as you know, it's not like uh, God's fault that I don't hear Him or something. It's just it's part of my journey. Does it make sense? So it's it goes back. Yeah. You see, that's what I was saying. It goes back to it goes back to that that way of thinking that because there's no smooth process, then it has to be one person's fault or the other. But it's not necessarily so, like that. It's life. So are you saying it's Adam and Eve's fault that we don't hear properly? That yeah. that distortion happened because of the original sin back in the Garden of Eden? Whether or not that was a literal event or In a not. simple sense, I'm going to put my head in the boss here. In a, <laughs> in a simple sense, yes. In a complex sense, no. It's tricky, isn't it? It's tricky because... I like yes and no answers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I say that in a simple sense because yeah. because there's a ripple. As we have said, if physics even agrees to that in every action, there's an equal or opposite reaction. So there's a, there's going to be a ripple effect of some things, which is which is why I say in a simple sense it is yes, but in a complex sense there's layers to this. You, you know what you know what I mean. So it is more. This is what has happened. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So, so okay, maybe fault is the wrong word, but maybe yes. uh, the reason that it's this way, the reason that I can't hear God, is because of something either god doesn't want to talk to me or i'm not hearing it properly because i don't have the capacity to hear or because something happened thousands of years ago that 
cause me to not be able to hear. This is funny. It, it's I, I like what you've said. So maybe maybe actually it's not to that extreme. Maybe it's not that way. So it's not that God doesn't want to talk to me. Can you see? So this is a position. You, you have, you're having a position now. So is it that God doesn't want to talk to me? Is it that I cannot tune in? That's not necessarily what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say that we have the capacity to tune in. What we're doing is discovering how to. And I've been dodging the Bible, but I'll give you an example. So part of the strategy, this is what Jesus said. When he was leaving, he left the disciples with a very simple instruction. I think even the disciples had this problem. This is the disciples of Jesus I'm talking about now. They were going to have this problem of saying, look, once you're gone, and we try to begin to explain to people that, you know, we are you and, and stuff, what should we tell them? And he says, you know, how can people know that you are my disciples? He created the complexity. He said, how can people know? He says, it is the way you show your love to each other. It is how you show your love. It is how you're compassionate to each other. You know, we're looking at one aspect of the communication, you know, God talking to us. But the other aspect is how do we live with each other? How do we care for each other? And if at best, I know that I don't do a great job at that. And if if I'm going to ask God, if I'm going to say God is not doing his bit, like let's, let's agree and say God is not doing his bit, right? He's not talking to me, right? Then I'll, I'm going to ask myself the question, am I doing my bit? Does it make sense? Yeah, it does. But again... We have to start with the assumption that God is more intelligent than we are, more capable of working out where the errors are and how to fix them. I don't know where the errors are or how to fix them. Presumably, God knows exactly where things are falling apart and knows how to fix them. You said something, Nick, that just hit the bell for me. So you're coming to the presumption as well that you do not know. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think I know? And this is what I found, Nick. So you... You've been talking about on your journey yep. and you seem to have a fair bit of conviction yep. that you have this relationship with God that, yep. through the Holy Spirit, yep. which is the new strategy. Yep. I'm like, so do you doubt at all? Because we often talk about doubt a lot here. Like, do I you, do. Right. So that conviction partly comes from your journey, but you've mm. also said you've been dodging the Bible a bit. You know? yeah. So I wouldn't mind moving on a bit to like even what does the Bible mean to you? Because we had a bit to say about the Bible in, in the last episode and, you know, like saying it's the word of God or yep. it's because the Bible says so, you know, when people use that. And like we've got a whole bunch of crappy people Indeed. over in the States at the moment saying, you know, the Bible says uh, obey the law and Indeed. so we're going to lock up. They're using Romans 13 to to justify locking up 2,000 refugee children, taking them away from their parents and putting them in cages and, you know, missing out on all the other verses which say you don't do that to your neighbour, you don't do that to the refugee, you don't that do that correct. to children. It's but So I don't know, I just want to move into a different area because you'll keep going forever on each Indeed, of these topics. Indeed, we do, you? don't we? Because, you know, that's the, that's the thing because Chris is uh, wanting to move on, but Nick is wanting me to think critically. And is <laughs> Chris uh, is the one that has to edit the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he is. And you and I are just rumbling on for But a no, I think you both have really good things to say. And yeah. we're, ra- we're raising yeah. really interesting points and, yeah. and we expect... In- that the listener, you know, that you will, we trust that you will make up your, your, your own mind. mind. That, is you know, so, that is true. So we just want to raise as many interesting points as yes. possible. So yeah. I'm yeah. going, okay, yes. let's move on to the next point. Very correct. And you said for me, what's the Bible? What does the Bible mean? Yeah, or, or even some of where yeah. your conviction comes yeah. from. We haven't even addressed the question of when did you come to Christianity? Indeed, like, indeed. Like, uh, you know, I you, you did say that witchcraft. your parents went to church, <laughs> but at some point... Yeah. We have talked about that when you're a full adult, that yeah. you'll come to it yourself. You that know? is correct. That is true. You know, I feel like the Bible, to be honest, even the Bible itself makes it clear 
that the people that are reaching off in the Bible are nowhere perfect. I think that's the outstanding thing. The outstanding thing about the Bible is the stories of the life of the people that they've did some terrible things, whether it be killing their brothers, it be killing their neighbor, it be sleeping with their brother's wife, you know, their neighbor's wife and things like, you know. So we, we're not going to say that the Bible is full of pretty things. I think the Bible deals, you know, talks about really horrific stuff. And for me, I think it is reading and understanding the Bible and balancing it with my conviction. So when I told you about the incident that I had, the thing about the story, the thing about you know stuff, can you leave room for things? The context of that was humility. What hit me was what the Bible said humility was. For me, humility was putting aside what I know and giving someone the room to explore for themselves. This is what humility is. The direct uh, translation from the Bible was, God opposes the proud, but give grace to the humble. It was along those lines. So this is me applying. I'm saying this is how I, I, I connect with the Bible. I allow the words of the Bible to convict me which is why I told you that it didn't sound like me. You know, that's not a normal response that I'll give myself. I don't know, Chris, if, that, if that's helped me answer the question. Is it the other definition of humility is having a right picture of yourself? That is that correct. One? That is, that is often, true. Because often we just see it as having a smaller picture of ourselves. That is correct. Right. I didn't want to use that one because it was going to be complicated. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, you've been so complicated. I'm finding it hard to... To follow something. Yeah, to finish this, Chris, I know you're okay. to finish this one before we go to the next issue. This was what I was going to say, Nick. How do we, how do you work out what is right or wrong? I feel it internally. You just know. Like, I think three billion years of evolution has given us a moral code and it is what it is. You know what? I'm agreeing with you. So I would say I agree with you, but I wonder if that was what I was attempting to say when I say that. God has put his spirit in each and every one of us. Let's forget about the terminologies now. You know, there's something. There's something in us that kind of clicks when things are right. Even though that thing in us is even distorted, even though it is distorted, there's sometimes that that thing even says it's right, but, you know, maybe it's not. I'm, I'm trying to say there's something in us that clicks when things are right, and there's something else that clicks that says, you know what, maybe things are not as they are, you know. Mm. And, and for you, that's God. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying that that's my spirit. That's our spirit. I'm not saying that's God. I'm saying that is God's intention of his way to connect to us. God has put eternity in the hearts. You know, the Bible says God has put eternity in our hearts. So there's something in us that he, he has made us equal so that in each and every one of us, there's a witness. There is that part of us that clicks or not clicks when things do not happen. And probably that's the part of us that he wants to connect. That's how he's saying, you know what? That's my channel. That's where I want to tune into, if, if that makes sense. And, and yeah. I don't know how to explain the fact that some people get to use it a lot and some people don't use it a lot. Some people don't even know how to use it. You know, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I'm trying to work out a way. Well, that's the big I mean. question, isn't it? You know, if you think it's possible to tune in where you all have yeah. that ability, yeah. uh, it's within all of us. It's yeah. like, well... Teach us how. <laughs> Somebody teach, you know, because yeah. why does it have to be so hard? Because everything is uh, winding down, but then everything is winding up. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Yes, you know, that's why you're talking yes esoterically. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is lovely. We're just starting. It's good, Nick, isn't you're it? Just starting? <laughs> it is good. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you say when you're about to finish, Chris. What? So you're just starting. Okay. Uh, so the next, the, the, the next one, it was around the thing about the inequality. Marriage and when we talked about, you know, that 
I didn't like how the man was seen as the head of the wife and the wife was meant to be, you know, submissive and, and that I had a problem with that was for all sorts of reasons. That, that is that true. Would, you know, that sort of action will lead to a whole lot of consequences that yes. I don't like. Yes. And, and we talked about that and, and Nick talked a lot about Jesus being considered the head of the church, mm. which I've now reflected a bit on that one since then. Mm. And I don't think I spoke enough about, how can I explain? I guess the one thing that I'll accept in the way that Jesus is the head of the church, like the man is the head of the wife, mm. for me it's like, well, the one thing about Jesus being the head of the church, in, in our Western society we have this view of the, the head being the go. ruler in power, and but Jesus sort of turned everything upside down and he came as a servant. The underdog, he was, he was an Aussie. If you ask me, Jesus was Aussie. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> so a servant is not someone that's ruling over you. And so yeah. that I'm open to looking at it. I, I still think it's complicated, unnecessarily complicated and unhelpful. I'm like going, hey, we're all equal. Let's just go with that. You know, yeah. but, but anyway, is, is, yeah. what did so, you want to say about So my, you know, what I wanted to allude to that fact was, as we've said, life is complex. Communication is complex. All of these things are quite complex, aren't they? Now, this is going to make the Bible sound outdated. It is tricky for us to, in 2018, sit down and look back then. You know, just like we don't expect, you know, we have a, an issue with that time influencing now. It's easy for us to sit down, look back then and, and think, oh my gosh, that's so terrible. You know, men over women, that's, that's like so terrible. It's even worse if you're Western, like if you do not live that kind of life. Do you know what's funny? Back in Nigeria, growing up back in Nigeria, the life that I lived was really close to that. That was why I, I started with the thinking because my way of thinking doesn't come with the freedom to ask for explanation, demand. You know, there's this demand that we, you, we, you know, we need to justify things and stuff. My, my way of thinking is different. And I, I was going to say, if we look back to that time, actually, this way of thinking, you know, the thing about making the model of the man is the head over the woman and Christ is the head over the family and the church. That was a revolutionary kind of thinking for that time. Even to the point that, because at that time, they even had slaves at that time. So imagine, imagine being a slave and being a woman. You know, when you said that, when you, when you were talking about that last week, Nick, that was just, just what I thought. I thought, whoa, I think like, I do think like this. And just imagine being a slave and being a woman. So you are, I don't know, you, I don't know if you're like back, back. You're the worst because you were, you were kind of owned as property. But I'm trying to divide this now. You know, there is a cultural problem and there's Christianity. I'm trying to say at that time, this culture already existed. Does it make sense? Like even, even now, these things still happen now. So I was wondering, I was, uh, what I was trying to say was, is it a human problem? Is it a cultural problem? Is it, is it a more complex problem than we think it is a Christian problem? Does it make sense? So the, the issue of the inequality of women is not necessarily a Christian problem. It's a human problem. A but it's also culture. in the Bible. So shouldn't they yeah. take ownership of their parts? Yes, but but that's why I say if we go back to the context, Paul wasn't he wasn't saying that you need to own a woman. He was trying to give them a model and that is relevant to their culture. He was trying to explain to them a way that they would learn to understand stuff in their culture. Yeah. So if your argument is the Bible was revolutionarily progressive for its day, I would agree with you 100%. Yeah. I think the morals taught in each one of the biblical stories for their day, brilliant. Yep. They were moving humanity in a positive direction. Yep. But it's now 2,000 years in the future or, you know, 6,000 years in the future for some of the oldest ones. Yep. And I just don't think that's true anymore. Like our morals are better 
than at the point, well, when all of them were written. Yep. And so when they talk about women as being less than men, yep. like they might be talking about it in a way that if you read it in its context and look at the context that the people reading that would have been in, yep. then yeah, that, that's brilliant. Yep. But if you're going to say that it's the word of God and that it has importance for all time, mm. well, then you've got a problem. You've got to justify why there's these horrific commandments in there yes, um, and say not just that they were important for then, but yeah. that they are important for all time and that God wanted everyone to know them for all time. That is correct. That is very true. There's a leap there that I don't understand. That is very true. And I was actually, the next point I was going to make is that is why when I, when I studied, this is how we encourage to read the Bible, read the Bible and understand what it meant for the people there and then. And then work out how you apply it to your time now. That's how that's how rele- that's how it's relevant. I like the fact that you know that's how for me that's how relevant it is. It is saying this was what happened then. What was the context? And if you notice why why I've actually tried not to throw verses here and there. I've been careful to throw throwing verses here and there because the the danger with that is we throw verses to prove a point, but we take it out of its context. So I'll just say you know. This verse is good for my point now, so I'll just use it at that point. But then it takes it away from its context, which makes it then difficult to defend and and explain because, yeah, in its context, it means something totally different, you know. Um, Yeah, so I like what you said. So for me, if you ask me, back to Chris's question of, you know, what does the Bible mean to me? That's why I read it. You know, the funny thing is if if you ask people back at home, if I am still a Christian, they doubt. They doubt my foundation of Christianity. Why? Because... I like the fact that you challenge me because this is what I do. I challenge that concept. I say, you know, what do what do we do? The, the biggest issue now back at home is what do we do with gay people? You know, are we better than they are? Are they not human beings? Uh, you know, the Bible says we shouldn't do this and that and that and that. But these people are real people. They have real issues. How do we care for them? You know, what is our job? In fact, on this issue, I have tried to avoid any theological issues and, and try and do what I think the simple task of what Christ has taught me is. Like I said to you, how will people know they're my disciples? By the love you show one for another. I feel like that's that's more of a responsibility that I feel like I have been given to do, not to try and theologically justify this or that. That is why Christianity is a better religion than almost any other. Yeah. Because at the very heart of it, you've got this hippie dude that loved everyone. <laughs> and it, it, like the problem with Islam yeah. is that he wasn't just some hippie dude. He actually became powerful. Yep. Jesus never became powerful. Yep. So he was always the underdog. Yeah. And so it, yeah. it's easy to follow yep. him into his the sacrificial leadership, the one that, you know, puts everyone else before him. Yeah. It's not true of every religion. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm interested to go just backtrack a little bit because yeah. you got married <laughs> twice <laughs> yes, to the same person <laughs> because you did one marriage in Nigeria and yeah. one in Australia. Yeah. And that, that was an interesting story in itself. But I'm wondering, you know, what sort of, um, what sort of vows, what sort of expectations? Funny, or I was waiting for Nick's face. I don't think Nick here where the head where he said, did you hear what he said, Nick? Married twice. Yes. That's fun. I get a bit of a shock every time people, you know, people kind of say that. They're kind of like, oh, was she the first person you get married to? Like, yeah, oh, we just got married twice. (laughs) I was wondering if you guys like just went on a massive bender after the first wedding and just totally (laughs) blanked out that you'd been married the first Uh, time. Not at all, man. Not at all. it It was all the complexity of being a citizen of another country and applying for visas. So... Technically, the Nigerian wedding was the official wedding and the wedding here was just a blessing of marriage. You know, it was a reaffirmation because 
you see my hair looks really nice but i don't have a lot of money you know so when we got married in nigeria my that's because you spend it all on your hair (laughs) (laughs) i was ready for that nick you know so the, the thing was that we couldn't get everyone from here you know my wife's friends our friends not all our friends could come over to nigeria to celebrate with us and we mm. were aware of that. So, and to honor my parents, my wife was nice. Uh, to honor my parents back at home, my dad, you know, this is my adopted dad. My adopted dad has been sick, like he's partially blind. He's an independent man. He likes to be independent. But because he's been like that, traveling has been difficult because he's had to travel with mom and he hates looking that way. So as part of doing that, we just thought it'd be nice to get married there, uh, continue applying for the visa, but it took like 16 months. It took close to two years for the visa, the first part of the visa to arrive so I could arrive here. So, so you got married and then she had to come back to Australia and you had to spend how long apart from each other before you could see each other again? 16 months. 16 months after yep. you got married before. That is correct. Before I made it to Australia. I had to fill up over 60 odd pages of answering the same question twice just to make sure. So this was one of the questions, you know, it was like, oh, how old are you? And I'm like, okay, I wrote how old I am. Then the next question is, okay, how officially old are you? I'm like, I just told you that in the the question before. (laughs) How officially old? So, you know, there's this, we have this reputation of being older than we are or being too young for how old we are, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Like phone maker. Yeah, you know, so they're like, so how old are you? You write how old you really are. Then how old do all other documents say you are? You know, that kind of, so it was, it was funny questions like that. And the trick for me was I lived overseas, you know, so I had to go back and find those addresses, proof of addresses that I lived there and I didn't have any criminal records. Yeah, it was a a fun feeling. I can remember every time I, f- I tried to fill the form and I got frustrated and my dad was there, <laughs> my blind bat was beside me and I was like, oh my gosh, what does this people take us for? Why are they making me ask you? And my dad looks at me, he's like, oh. Do you really love your wife? <laughs> You're the one who went to Australia to get a wife. Well, so you better keep feeling that form quietly and patiently, you know. So it was one of those things. It's an amazing story. I remember a lot of people being very frustrated on your behalf as well. Indeed. A lot of people yeah. trying to pray for you. Indeed. So did you have the vows that, you know, you're the head of this marriage or, you know, were there different things that were said in the different marriages yeah. or did, or that didn't really matter to you so yeah. much? Should I shock you? That's why I told you You can that, shock me if you want. So I told you that people back at home are doubting my Christianity. Right. We actually had a court wedding. It was a legal document saying that we are married. And guess what? My wife got the certificate, not I. So the certificate was handed to my wife <laughs> in case she wanted to leave me any time. So it was, it was more saying, do I agree to commit to an all-exclusive relationship except to my wife? I said, yes. Because, you know, she's the one I want to marry, no one else. And she was asked, did she agree to enter an exclusive relationship with me and no one else? And she said, yes. I just find, I find that, it, so you're saying she was given the document in case she wanted to tear yeah, it up but, and throw it yeah. away. No, but, but legally, that's how, that's how we do it in right, the country. Okay. It is. But, that's a right she has that you don't have. Well, there you could be, you could see it that way. There you go. You could see it that way as well. That's all right. Um, okay. Uh, so it was the court joining and then the church prayed for us. Because we came here and did the church blessing on the marriage. It's complicated, isn't it? Yeah, I have the weirdest wedding. There you go. The most complicated <laughs> wedding you can ever think of. Yeah. You had a two-year wedding by the sounds of it. Correct. Very true. And I, I'm trying to work out which date is actually our anniversary, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good excuse. You should hold on to that one. 
Yeah. Or I'll just end up celebrating two anniversaries every year. <laughs> there you One's go. hard enough, mate. Yeah. Yes. So do you have anything more you want Look, to say about? It, you know, in the context, you know, I want to thank Nick. Nick has has forced me to do some thinking mm. without 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 using the normal, uh, simple run out statements. So when I was listening to you guys, the context of what I had was my response would not necessarily be, you know, the S-H-I-T that I don't want them, the shit that I don't want them to say. I'm going to say it because even my colleagues bag me out that I don't like to say those. They're like, Eddie, just say it. It's shit. Say it. So it, it's not more, you know, the shit that I want like Kristen say. It's the timing of what when, when they say those stuff. You know, I was thinking the, the thing about follow your heart. You cannot just slap someone with that and let them go. You're going to leave them with, with a harder thing. You, uh, I'm thinking, what, what, what are the other ones, some good ones that you say, Chris? You know, uh, it's all part of God's plan. Those things could be legitimate, but it's the timing of when you say them. And it's the level of relationship that you have with those persons. So, you know, my response was going to be, if we Christians would just uh, shut our mouth for a little longer and get to know each other before we tell each other this stuff, that is what's going to make the difference, you know. Are there any things that in particular that frustrate you, you know, the shit that Christians say or do? Yes. Any, yeah? uh, I've What's, got one big one, Nick. You Are you ready one? for this? I'm ready. <laughs> Are you ready for this? You know what? I have a feeling that most people have a problem with Christians because we try and do the job of the Holy Spirit. This is a big one. We try and do the job of the Holy Spirit. So when, when Jesus was going, he, this is, he said it's simple. He says, you know what? I'll send this dude. He's going to be your helper. He's going to convict you. He's going to do the job. Don't worry. All you do is share your story. Share what happened. Share your experience. Leave that job to him. And I feel like for some reason, we Christians think, oh, guess what? He's not doing it well alone. Let me just help him here. Let me just help him here. Guess what, dude? You're going to hell. And while they're pointing that one finger, guess what? I don't know if the Holy Spirit doesn't, you know, kind of give them a bit of a light bulb moment there's three more fingers pointing back at you bro you know yeah. you know so you know it's it's the thing about conviction it's not our job to convict and i don't know how to emphasize this when someone gets convicted i shouldn't take credit for that i shouldn't even go there because it is their journey it is something for them to work out you know i have my stuff i should work out and and i should continue to acknowledge that as i work with people you know the risk is because of how Christians have become so good, we become so good that it becomes difficult for ordinary people to identify with us. And that's why they have a problem with us. They're like, you have this 2000 years old book and you guys are supposed to be perfect, but definitely I know that you're not perfect. So maybe it's high time we begin to tell them, sorry, man, I myself, I am working this out as much as you are working it out. I don't have the answers as much as you don't have the answers, we are on a journey of this together. And, you know, let's hope that helps humble us to yeah. actually be involved in a dialogue and stuff. Yeah. And what do you wish that Christians were actually known for instead of being known for a lot thank of all of this you, stuff? Thank you. Thank you. What do you reckon? You know what? It's hard for me to speak for all Christians, but I can speak for what I want to be known for, which I hope will be a representation of what all Christians want to be. I was talking to my colleagues the other day. And I said to them, you know, it sounded funny. Um, and I said to them, I don't want to be known for the person that tells other people what to do or how to do their stuff, which is connected to what you're saying, Nick, is I don't want to be that person, but I want to be known for the person that comes alongside those people as we work together. I'm not going to be happy if everyone said, oh, how did you get that answer? They just like Eddie told me. You know, I wonder if that's the problem we have as Christians. Eddie told me, well, I don't want to tell you. I want you to discover it because the best gift I can give to you is the discovery of the issue or the answer or the solution for yourself. 
because then you own it. And, and that's why all I can speak for is my discovery and how I found out. So, you know, I wish we would be known for those, as the Aussies would say, that take our shoes off, fold our pants up and get into the mud, get into the dirt, you know? Yeah, I reckon the more that happened, the more respect yeah. <laughs> there would be. Yeah. 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 Thank you for sharing some of your journey with us, Eddie. Yes, man. I, I tried. Tried. What do you want to say in response to Eddie coming on to the Eternity Ward, Nick? Man, Eddie, you're a legend. Well, I think we you love you, mate. Love you too, Nick. You know, I think now I found a new friend. You know, yeah. I'm gonna always want Chris. I'm gonna say, Chris, be careful. I'm gonna call Nick, and we going. <laughs> I call him all sorts of things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call Nick in, and we will be up on you, Chris. That's all right. Yeah, it's been it's been great coming. And thank you yeah. for the opportunity and privilege to, you know, to be no, part of this. Cheers for coming on because we, we really want this to be a conversation. Mm. We've always wanted this podcast to be a conversation. Chris and I started it because we liked having conversations together, but also like I really want to find out where my thinking is wrong. Mm. And the best way to do that is to expose your conversations to public so That's that true. other people can come alongside and say, have you thought about this, Nick? Mm. Have you thought about it this way? Mm. And that way, yeah, you're exposed to, to the best of everyone else mm. and that's got to be good for me, it's mm. got to be good for Chris yeah. and hopefully it's going to be good for anyone else that chooses to come on and yeah. have a chat with us. Cheers, Eddie. Really appreciate oh, thank it, Thank you, man. And you might not change any of your opinions or mm. thoughts at all. It's hard to, you know, change in an instant even when you've heard something, which, but it might sit with you for a while. That is correct. Something is will true. sit with you, it'll rattle around. That is true. So we're just the rattler. Give us a rap to leave us. Oh, yeah. You, oh. Wait, hey, hang on. Yeah, so um, Master Stay. How do you rap without swearing? It's funny. People people ask that question. But you, there's a lot of other words you could use. But it doesn't mean you can be real. When's your album coming out? My album actually is out. It's scary, isn't it? It's out. It's on iTunes. <laughs> if you type S-T-A-I-N on iTunes. Do you have like a website or anything that people can go to? Just the iTunes. And then my Facebook page, really, that I haven't updated in a while now. They keep sending me notifications and saying, Pete, your, friend, your fans haven't heard from you for a while. I'm so like, that, that'd be, again, Master Stain or Stain? Just Stain, S-T-A-I-N. There's this uh, funny, uh, rugged, fluffy-looking dude with a hat, some glasses and the beards. You know how you said, did I do dreads to my beards? Yeah. It's, uh, All right, rap time. You're going to give us uh, some freestyle? I'm not going to put Chris into too much hassle to give me a beat. <laughs> nice, Nick. That's a good one. Uh-huh. All right. Guess what? I'll, I'll, I'll give you a good one. A good one. So, I woke up confused. Not what I was scheduled. What I can see is mysterious. Ooh, getting me curious. Can't say this is me because I do not believe. Now, are you sure this is real? As I and Chris has been trying to work out, or oh, I'm just in a dream because I was born that night before dawn. I was two. Laughs. Train waste no time, so now I'll be 22. In fact, I'm 22, heading on 30. But unfortunately, can't say sort of my dues. Guess what? I'm just leaving, keeps spending, don't know what to do. Short and simple, you can say, like many of my peers, I am confused, can't make decisions. Just riding on good intentions, you know. I fall in temptations because I do enjoy the illusion. And I sustain tension. I don't know if you're like me. I sustain tensions and nasty sensations. Tag, tagged guilt, my companion. Shh, hear that coming? That's destruction. As swift as wind will sweep you off your feet. Hold on. 
you know, thank you for Jesus. He paid my fees as I cried and plea. As you can see, now I'm leaving free. You too can be free. Go on your knees and plea. Guess what? He still forgive. And it is all but a gift. You know, I hope that makes sense. Thank you very much. Cheers, mate. Master Steins, oh, uh, sir, you are a genius. Yes, uh, I think that two hours of podcasting got its toll on me. My brain wasn't working. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cheers. We're out. Bye. Cheers, Eddie. Oh, thank you, man. God, here again. Are you shaking your head incredulously or nodding in approval? Well, if you got something out of this episode, you could really help those poor idiots by contributing to or supporting the Eternity Ward. You can leave reviews on iTunes or wherever you listen to it. You can share on social media or discuss it in your blog, podcast or fellowship group. Subscribe, like, nod your head, raise your fist, send a hallelujah. I don't know, but don't send a prayer because I'm kind of busy right now. Join the discussion in the comments section, ask questions and do come back and join us again here on the Eternity Ward. Thank you.